Western rendering. So pretty much today's episode is about travel preparation, USA instead. Um, I do apologize, you would have just called it chicken or a tweet. Uh, so a lot of you that may not know, I actually live on a property called Woolworth and it's in the middle of nowhere. It's just next to all this beautiful bushland in Australia. Um, but I do have chickens and I have a couple of annoying roosters and a few geese. So you may hear them in the background, so you will get used to that. <laughs> um, so pretty much with my episodes, I try not to script them. I like to find information it all together and it's not about proving any facts it's just a pretty much my opinion and if you have any input feel free to email me and I'm happy to do it on the show. Uh, so one piece that has always fascinate, fascinated me is Travis Walton. So Travis was born on April 23rd in 1957. He's 64 years old now and he's from Arizona in the States. So I think many of you would may or may not remember there was a movie called Fire in the Sky. <laughs> See the animals going crazy. Um, so there was a movie called Fire in the Sky and I absolutely loved it when I was a kid. It scared the shit out of me, don't get me wrong, but I absolutely loved it. And I remember watching it and being so confused because I believed in aliens even when I was about five or six years old and... Um, I remember having my own personal experiences of seeing different lights in the sky and couldn't figure it out and had unusual dreams and experiences and now that I'm older and when I hit my 30s, it's another episode for another time, but um, having my own communication and channel and I know there's always the bad come to the good or good come to the bad, so it's a balance and that's nature, but I remember watching the movie just couldn't wrap my head around, you know, why would they abduct this poor guy and do these excruciating dreams to him. And when you watch the movie, you'll completely understand what I mean. He, for a little bit of a spoiler alert, if you haven't already seen the movie, he does get abducted and when he wakes up in the UFO, he comes out of this gooey sack and... Oh, the effects on it back then in 93, I still remember it. If I watched it now, that would be a different story. But I have the DVD. I have watched it in the last few years. So I am guilty of that and I do love it. But he comes out of this sack and you have these aliens and they had this contraption on his eye and he's doing all these drill stuff. And I remember being a little disheartened, even as a young girl, thinking... Oh, it's just it was disappointing. This I wanted to believe this guy, but it was so sad to think that these beings had bad intent, pretty much. So, fast forward to two thousand and twenty-one. I was listening to another podcast on the way on a long trip, and they did a Travis Walton case. And these guys are amazing on this other podcast. It's if you ever heard of it, it's called Lights Out. Highly recommend. And he basically explains that it's actually not what happened at all. So to we'll get to that in a minute. So I'll do a little bit of a background story. So when you Google Travis Walton, there's a lot of like skeptics and everything like that around the world. And even Wikipedia, I'm a little bit like, I don't know, I'm unsure on anyone that's, yeah, it comes across as factual. I'm a bit nervous to use a source. 
but just to give a rough background of from many, many videos and many documentaries that I've seen of Travis Walton, I'll only sort of say what I know he sort of backed up. So he's an alleged abduction of the American forestry worker. He, sorry, I apologize. He's, he was a forestry worker and it was on November 5th, 1975. And he was working in the National Forest near Snowflake, Arizona. So Walton was missing for five days and six hours. So from what I remember on a lot of the stories was they were out in the woods and they finished their shift. The guys were out in the woods and this place is like out in the middle of nowhere. And they see this beam of light, the UFO. And when Travis explains his story, if you ever get a chance to look at him on YouTube, highly recommend he has never ever changed his story never and I absolutely love it because he tells the same story every time and basically what it says is the saucer shaped object was hovering above the, over the ground approximately 110 feet away making this very high pitch buzz so Walton was the only one with a pair of balls to hop out of this truck and go towards it the rest were in the truck and Man, heck goes off to him because I'll be staying at a truck as well. But he is either got a pair of balls or he's pretty dumb to do it. Either way, but he hops out of the truck, he approaches the object, and the beam of light suddenly appears from the craft, and he is knocked unconscious. So this is according to Wikipedia, and from a lot of interviews that he does, he does back up his claim. So the other men were frightened, and even in the movie, they pretty much portray everything up until this point exactly as Travis has put it. So they drove away. They freaked out. They thought he died. So anyway, they've realized they've come back. He's gone. He's completely missing. So the guys in the documentary that Travis has recently brought out, they did recall that he was floating above the ground, sort of on his back arching, floating. Now, if that was me, I'd be freaking running for the hills. Like, I would be petrified. But in saying that, though, we will never know what we would do unless we're in that experience. So the men left, they come back, they realise he's gone missing, they've gone to report it to the police and they've all passed lie detector tests with flying colours. I think there was only one gentleman that the guy that did the test, he said he had a little bit of issues with, um, but that's because he did have a record and he was quite nervous to do the test because I suppose the saying that if you have a history with the police, um, you know, you're a bit nervous on it it's the same sort of stepping into that same scenario and obviously he's done stuff wrong in the past so um they all thought he they murdered him it's yeah it was there's no body he's missing they're out in the woods they've only got them as a witness and they're coming back with this elaborate story now remember this is in the 1970s as well so today i must admit it's a i feel like it's a little bit more acceptable but course it's 50 50 depending on which side you're on but um i could imagine back in the 70s yeah you a small town it it, it would scare the shit out of you <laughs> so anyway in the movie uh so apparently the director said that poor travis his story was too boring and they elaborated on all the extra stuff to make it a really good scary movie it worked it scared the shit out of me but um Travis, if in a lot of interviews that he does, and you'll find them a lot of them on YouTube as well, he says that as he's awoken in the room, that there were three beings, and 
pale skin, no hair, large eyes, and they were quite short. So he's gone to hop off of the table, he's grabbed an object, and he's gone to attack them. Um, they run out of the room and without saying a word. A lot of stories that I've read is that he's gone into another room and he's seen like just stars. There's no planets, there's no moon, there's no sun, but just stars. And there's a lot of more details that goes into that, but I couldn't really find a video of him um, explaining it from detail, so I won't uh, go too much in depth because I don't want to give off wrong information on that. So as he's in this room and he comes across what he believes is a human, and this human apparently is absolutely gorgeous, tall, fair, blonde, and without saying a word, directs him to another room. And then there is a female human, same sort of similarities, pale, blonde hair, gorgeous, and they lay him on a table, puts like a gas mask or something on his face like you would in a hospital. And originally, when he first woke up, he thought he was in a hospital um, until he saw the aliens, of course. And so this lady puts the mask on and then next thing you know, he wakes up and he's back on Earth. He's not in a forest. He is near this telephone somewhere else near a location and he calls his brother um, his brother obviously thinks it's a joke and he's like no it's me come and get me now tra poor Travis thinks that he's only been missing for a few hours turns out it's been like five days he actually has regrowth on his face um, he lost quite a lot amount of quite a lot of weight um, thankfully he was able to gain all that lot of that weight back um, but then after look at that, the interrogation started and he's always said what his story was and he has never changed it to this day. He's passed every lie detector test apart from one incident on a TV show apparently, but the history of that show, apparently there was a lot of articles I've come across and they weren't 100% sure on how credible they were. But um, yeah, this poor guy in the 70s, he has written a book and I think that's fantastic. And so pretty much the whole story at the end of this story is, is that I was disappointed slightly with the fire in the sky because I was sort of like had my wall up like, oh my God, these aliens are bad. You know, how could they do that to them? It turns out it is actually fake and my instincts were correct and probably a lot of other people as well. Um, in fact, that he never had actually quite a bad experience. They never hurt him. And he does go to say in a lot of interviews that he believes that when he went into where this being was, is that maybe he did had a heart problem, he's not too sure. He believes that they put him on the sh uh, UFO, he was just probably in the wrong place at the wrong time. And they brought him on the UFO to sort of fix whatever they did. <laughs> um, it was like, oh, we fucked up, let's quickly fix him and then let him go. Um, and he's never held ill intent with it. He's just always kept his story. Um, he did get some hypnotherapy done a few years later to try and release some of the blocks of memory blocks that he had. Um, but, man, this guy's story is incredible. I think it's fantastic. And I was always fascinated with this story. And I'll read an article that was done by a lady uh, just not long after he had this experience. So I'll try and get this article. There was an article written in, uh, actually no, I'll go back to the one that the lady did, but I'll read this article, sorry, out of the Globe and Mail. It was on May, 
Monday, November 10th, 1975, and the article states, Sources raise struck logger workers safe. Six forested workers are to be given a lie detector test today on their story that co-worker disappeared after being struck by a blue ray from a flying saucer-like object. After questioning the men about the incident, the county sheriff, Marvin, told reporters, I am not a total disbeliever in the men's story. The six men working as a thinning pin in the National Forest, I do apologise, it's an old article, so there's some that you can't make out, 120 miles north of Phoenix, said they were returning home at dusk on Wednesday when they saw an object like a flying saucer hovering over the road. Travis Walton, only 22 at the time, a seventh worker with the group, jumped from their truck and ran towards to get a closer look. The sheriff said that the men claimed that Mr. Walton ran, he was struck by a blue light from the hovering object. The men were so frightened they drove away and could not find Mr. Walton on their return. Could you imagine being a local, opening up your paper and reading this? I would never step foot in the woods again. And I am surrounded by woods at where I live right now. Um, so that was an article in the newspaper around the time of his disappearance. And there is an interview that happened upon his return. And I came across it. And it's from a website called cbc.ca. So CBC Radio. And so, um, I'll find this article. There we are. Um, so this interview was done by Barbara Byrne, I think her name is, on November 24th, 1974, 1975, I apologise. So this is after Travis has returned home. So this is the interview she gave him. Okay. And this is Barbara. Mr. Walton, how are you? I'm feeling a lot better now. Where were you? I don't know. Can you tell us anything what happened? I could see out of this one craft and I could see stars all around, but no planet or sun or anything like that. So at some distance from the solar system. And then this is Barbara. When you got off the truck to see the object that the other people on the truck saw, do you remember what you thought when you were running towards it? He said, I just wanted to get a closer look. I didn't have any idea of what would happen. Did you hear the truck drive off without you? No, I was unconscious at the time. I didn't see any blue ray like they described and I just blacked out. I was just struck and shocked, sort of. Now, what's the next thing you know for sure? I became conscious inside the craft, and I believe I was in the hospital. I was in a lot of pain, and I became more conscious. I looked around, I saw alien beings, and I just panicked. How did they look? They looked almost human. They were very white on their skin and hairless, and in reddish-brown overalls. What do you mean hairless? No hair on the head, no eyebrows, no eyelashes. She says no moustaches. No. How did they treat you? I reacted violently because of the shock and the pain I was in, but looking back on it now, I don't believe they had any harmful intentions. What did they feed you? She goes, I don't recall ever being, ever being fed. I was only conscious for two or three hours out of the five and a half days. Hypnosis has been trying to see if there's any blocked memory there, or if perhaps I was just totally unconscious for that time, but there was a mark on my arm that suggested that 
is some kind of feeding. How much weight did you lose in the five days? 10 or 12 pounds. I've regained all of about three pounds of that weight that I've lost. Anyone in Snowflake, Arizona believe in you? Acceptance is growing, especially since the final word of experts that I was examined by after my return. A lot of negative publicity went out immediately because since I was under testing and not available for any kind of interview or comment, they just seized on a lot of speculation and a lot of negative things came out. But since then, acceptance has been growing tremendously. Are you going to write a book? It's been suggested to me. There's so much to tell and it probably would be a good idea. So that was the interview done in 1975, about a month after this happened. So as far as I know, he did write a book. Um, and in 2015, he did release a documentary. He did actually go on record to state that, um, I think from memory, it was that he wished that he could do the fire in the sky over again. Um, unfortunately, everything that happened, there was a lot of, yeah, as far as I know from watching an interview, it sort of came to him at last minute, these new changes that he wanted to make. Um, which he always wanted to tell his side of the story and he's never changed it. So here's a trailer. Um, highly recommend. I just went and watched it today actually. And the trailer is called, so it's for Travis, the true story of Travis Walton. And you can see this on Amazon.
it just had negative. We lost our jobs in the immediate aftermath. And now you're not able to talk about it with anyone because you know that they're going to laugh at you, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. But if you don't come out and tell your story, somebody else is going to tell it for you. There's a degree of responsibility. Uh, certainly I have to accept the bad. If I can direct what's happened in a way that I can make something good happen in the world, I'm looking for it. Okay, so that was the trailer. Um, highly recommend. He tells it in his own words, and it's fascinating to have interviews with everyone that was there in that experience. And even the gentleman that did the polygraph test, um, having him vouch for these guys and his experience. Um, he has so much knowledge behind him and he has no reason to lie. Um, highly recommend it. I am going to say on this story I'm a huge believer. Big believer. Um, I love that Travis's story has never changed. I love that when he goes to um, these conventions that he doesn't just believe in everything that is being told from other people and their experiences and stories. He still, he has an open mind, but he still has that little bit of a boundary. Even though he's had his own experience, he does make sure that he's not getting played. Like he, no one's telling him bullshit. And then, yeah. So I love it that he just doesn't believe in everyone's story and he really looks at it, but he knows his experiences and his journey. And I think that's fantastic. Um, and he, I love that nearly every video I've seen him in, he wears a suit and I think he's fantastic. He's like incredible. Um, some of you may even recall, he did even do an episode on the Kardashians. Now this is going back like 2013, I think it was. Um, I didn't realize it was him. I remember loving the movie Fire in the Sky. And when I watched this episode, I didn't realize it was him and I just remember being mad when I finished watching the Kardashian episode. I was so mad at Bruce Lee, Caitlyn now, and just how closed-minded they were. Like, this gentleman came out, he's opened himself up, we've invited him here to tell this story, and I love how Chloe was full and open about it all. And it's like, well, don't invite someone out to be on your show if you're going to disrespect him. And at the end of the show, I think Bruce ended up apologising and welcomed him, but... um. I didn't actually realise it was the Travis Walton at that time. I think I was just watching it in the background and didn't actually realise in most of the story what was, was going on. So um, towards the end of this episode, I'd like to also throw into a, just a little idea in there. And he's probably heard this a million times. So Travis, if I am lucky enough for you to come across this podcast, um, I'm very, very grateful and I have such high respect it's just interesting how the Cubans that you saw that were fair and blonde skin, a lot of them, um, people in the world have come across uh, an alien being called the Palladians. And me, I've had my own personal experiences of seeing these in meditations and it took me hours to research to see if anyone else has had an experience like mine. And it turns out there's millions of people that have. Um, and... It was just interesting that they looked so much similar to what a lot of people have drawn and seen in their visions. And there's a lot of stories that have come out about the greys where, you know, there's people that say that some of them are bad and they have ill intent and then some of them um, are 
like an AI and they're very robotic and they're the only ones that could sort of enter our um, field on earth because they're the they don't really attach too much to the human emotion where the Palladians are on a higher vibration and they believe that they can't uh, their energy can't interfere with our fear there's I don't know the whole theory of it all um but the yeah it's kind of like they send the greys in first to do what they need to do bring them back on the ship and then they can interact with them at a higher vibration on the ship because it's out of the earth's atmosphere so um it's just a theory i'm not saying it's 100 percent proof but i do follow a lot of incredible people and a lot of amazing people out there that have helped me on my journey and they do a lot of channeling and um this is just what has come out of their mouth and i i do believe it i um i must admit i am a believer and who's to say i may change my mind in another year's time and find a different explanation for it and i think that's all part about ascension and growing and being open-minded and it's not to say that this has to be a certain way because everyone's reality is different and i think that's what i have started the podcast for it's i want to save space for people to be themselves and to share their experiences and I love sharing um, the wild, the weird, the crazy, the paranormal stories like this. I think it's fascinating and I could talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have a story or if you have an input on Travis Walton, um, please feel free to email me. Um, safe space if you don't want your name disclosed. I'm happy not to disclose it and I'm happy to repeat your story if you want me to. And Travis, if you're out there, hat goes off to you. I think it's an incredible story. And um, I love that you've never changed at all. And I th you've stuck with what happened. And I think you, you've been true to yourself. And I think that's a very honourable thing. So, um, yeah. So that is the end of our show. I would have loved to go on a little bit longer. But I do have a few errands to run. So um, thank you for listening. And until next time.